This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast from South Cities Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Learn more at southcities.church. Guys, what are our feelings personally on daylight savings time? We just talked about that at the recap. Oh, you did? So Should have been here. Did it come out before this or after this? After this, right? Before? Really? You're not yeah. supposed to just have casual conversation during the recap. It's like, get to it. Sorry. Okay, so we're talking, about it, we're talking about it again, <laughs> I guess. Dave, 60 oh. seconds. I like- no, no, no. What does your wife think of daylight savings time, Dave? We both like the extra light. We okay. both don't like that night of sleep for our kids. And this year, for some reason, we were both really exhausted at the end of the day. Not Makes sure sense. why. Makes sense. I'm a fan of it. I like the switch. And also, I'm single. So, Did you mention that the light would come up at like... 2.30 in the morning during your last podcast. That's not what I said, Daniel. Oh, 3.30? Don't misrepresent my... 4.30? If we stayed in standard time, then in at the end of June, it would start getting light at like 3.45 in Did the morning. Did you mention that? No, I didn't. No, you didn't. Okay. Really? Yeah. He talked about this. Is that true? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure it is, but maybe it is. Right, right now, right now in daylight savings time in June when it's the longest... It starts getting light like at 4.45 in the morning. Well, you might say that daylight so savings So if it was an hour time, earlier than that. Yeah. Feels like daylight- Your t- logic is unassailable. <laughs> I'm just, I'll just wait. Are we all, we done yet? No. Oh, Daniel's talking, sorry. Right. So uh, I feel like- Anyways. I feel like daylight savings time is kind of an intercession in the middle of our calendar year. Much like our moment of intercession- during the service, mm. it's like an interruption, as it were, in a sense. What a segue! Coming out of Thanksgiving, before the Word, why do we why do we spend time in intercessory prayer on a Sunday morning? Is that a, like why why do that? Not every church does that. We didn't used to do that. Mm-hmm. Like Bethlehem, I don't think. Maybe maybe Dave, you've. You've been around well, at Bethlehem I mean, the longest. There's like, always been prayers. Yeah, definitely but, prayers. Like but, making it like an actual part of the the liturgy. liturgy. Yeah. When you were here in the mid two thousands, did they do that, Dave? No, prayers of Thanksgiving. Yeah. That was standard. Yeah. Prayers of praise. But not intercession. No. And specifically a kind of pastoral intercession. So not just uh, prayers of intercession for the congregation. Though I've been in churches where they practice that too. Mm-hmm. And like we do prayers of praise. Um, from the congregation. So why why intercede in context like <clears throat> corporate gathering? Is it just kind of like, well, why not? Is there biblical precedence for intercession corporately as opposed to individually? Is there just like stuff in church history? Why do we do that, Nick? Well, I think how we view it <clears throat> is that um, when a pastor gets up to pray, and it's, we call it like the pastoral prayer. Um, we don't view it just as a pastor praying, but that is the pastor is kind of giving voice to the, the people, you know, giving voice to the prayers of the people. So it, we're viewing it kind of in a corporate setting. And it's not just one person praying. It's rather the voices of a church who are praying for the requests of, you know, and oftentimes they're for our church for needs that we know of. But yeah, yeah. They can spread beyond that, but... Yeah, we pray for kind other churches. Giving sometimes. voice as a people yeah. to God. Yeah, yeah. So is it important then that in that moment that whoever is praying <clears throat> is praying in such a way that 
they reasonably expect that most people in the room or everybody in the room can agree with what's being prayed. Think that's important? Yeah, I do. I mean, if it in a corporate context, yeah. Yeah. Because we want, again, it's not just the one person. So somebody praying. like started praying something that was controversial or more of their own personal opinion. We would see that as at least unwise and maybe outside the bounds of what's appropriate in that setting. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yep. I think, I do think it, um, <clears throat> I think both, uh, the heart of the people so that it's, there would be general agreement. But I also think praying in a way that if there are those who for one reason or another aren't or haven't heard important things that should be on their minds and hearts as a part of this body, praying those things too. You know, so maybe maybe someone hasn't heard an update on uh, what's going on with the health of a member or something like that. And it's good for them to get brought in so that their heart then does join in, you know. Um, so I think, I think that's an important element too, to have the, the big pressing needs of our family in front of our family being prayed about together as a family. That feels like another part of it, right? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So I'm thinking of texts like Ephesians 6, 16 and following. That's the part of the armor where prayer mm-hmm. is not likened uh, really to anything else. So you got sort of the spirit, which is the word of God, but then praying a uh, participle at all times in the spirit, which I think means that the sword of the spirit is connected to yep. praying. I some agree. That's verse 18, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. I meant 16 and following kind of talking about that, uh, the shield of faith and then 17 helping to salvation with the, yeah, specifically 18 mm-hmm. praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So would you see the commands in the whole armor of God to be more corporate as opposed oh, yeah. to personal? They're y'alls. They're y'alls. <laughs> they are. They're, they're uh, plural commands. They're you all. So I think that there is certainly a personal aspect of this, but perhaps less so stare at yourself in the mirror and have mm-hmm. an existential I have this, I have this. Although I think there is an aspect in which we do think about all of these things that uh, like Dave has preached previously, uh, and I'm sure we'll preach again. These are the pieces of armor that Jesus already wore Mm -hmm. for us as he's pictured as in his messianic context in the prophets. Mm -hmm. But so too, in addition, individually, corporately, we put these things on together. And so when we come together and pray, what we're seeking to do in a pastoral prayer of intercession is do this verse in the context of you all. So you all pray for this need in the congregation as I'm praying. You all pray for mm-hmm. this need in current events or this church or other things like that. Just an expression of how we do that. So talk to me a little bit more about maybe the history at Bethlehem. Like we didn't do this at one point. When did we start doing it? Was Actually, it either of you I guys don't know. I think it was before you guys were around. I think I have no idea. I think it was Chuck and me talking through some things. Um, maybe like with greater desire to feel like a family and wanting <laughs> in the black box of Lakeville South. Did you ever have time? You did. You were a pastor here, Dave, for a little bit while we were at Lakeville. Yeah. No, before before you were still at Lakeville South or were you at Burnsville when you were on staff previously? Burnsville and Lakeville South. 
you were both. You were there during the transition. Yep. Okay. I was a pastor at Lakeville South for three weeks. Yeah, Lakeville South. Three it was weeks, a hard three right. weeks. I'm just glad that we're done with that season. Then ended up. Well, thank, thanks for that, Dave. Um, yeah, and now we're in this uh, big building. A lot of things happened in that uh, first few weeks that you were on staff. Yeah, so I think this was a desire, yeah, maybe more practically to feel like, hey, we're on the same team. We feel more like a family because in part, we have a pastor praying from the front. But I think more convictionally, this is something that has marked churches corporately for a while. And our desire to add this sort of prayer in uh, is just, we think, a faithful representation of what churches do. Um, we're not only gospel preaching, we're seeking to live out the gospel. And part of that is the pastor knows the flock and the flock... Um, knows the pastor and people are able to pray in accord with God's will. Mm -hmm. What else would you say about intercession, Dave, Nick? Well, just that <clears throat> we do it after confession and Thanksgiving. Yep. Yep. Because, you know, we have Hebrews, you know, we're, we, since we have a great high priest who's already passed through, you know, made the sacrifice. Now he's interceding on our behalf. And so we yeah. can approach the throne. Yep. So it's after, you know, we've confessed our sins and have, uh, the blood of Christ has been applied to us that we have the confidence to approach the throne yep, yep. of grace um, for well-timed help. Yeah, yeah. So it naturally flows in the order, yeah. in the liturgy yeah. coming out of that. Interceding with confidence, Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, he hears timid. us. We're not fearful of judgment. Christ has paid for our sins. So we can boldly approach the throne <laughs> for the help that he has. Yeah, yeah. Amen, amen. Yeah, I think in that way we're seeking to mimic. It's not in the same place as Christ, right? But we're mimicking Christ's own heart for us mm -hmm. at the same time seeking to mimic or perhaps uh, imitate. Uh, picture. Picture, yeah, 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 that's good, that's good. Uh, a high priestly sort of way. And we approach the throne with boldness when we come together like this. Mm -hmm. um, and so even the pastor's prayer and asking people, you know, their hearts to align with the prayer. It's even a way to like, that a pastor can lead elder-led congregationalism in the way that we're seeking to have elders lead, but not like the elder is the one praying while everyone listens, but yes, actually um, seeking to reflect the heart of the people. Amen. Um, does this work if pastors don't know their flock? Uh, not very well. It's hard to intercede for things that you don't know much about. Or yeah, if we're seeking to <clears throat> to capture and represent the heart of the people and to actually pray corporately, then to some extent we have to know what our people yeah. are caring about, what their yeah. burdens are, what their hopes are. Yeah. We have to know them. Are there broad categories you'd say we pray for or think about praying for when we come together for intercessory prayer like that? I think you mentioned a few of them, Dave, but are there more? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like we'll pray for, um, you know, current happenings in the church. So during the transition, there was a lot of prayer for both our planting, but also for downtown and north to be planted in really healthy ways and prayers for them. There's often, uh, I mean, I've appreciated some of the guys, like as they're interceding for us, they're interceding that we as a church might walk in for their holiness and 
walking for their light. I think that's a sweet kind of category for the, the holiness and the following of Jesus of the church. We will pray once in a while for other churches, especially those around us, because we want to see the gospel run in the South Cities, not just through us. This is in our kingdom. It's God's kingdom. And so I appreciate that. And I think we often pray just for pressing needs. That could be health. Um, that could be a, a global partner who is in a situation that they need some prayer. That could be, you know, a number of things. So those seem to be some of the big categories. Um, I think if there's any other that are obvious, but that, that those seem to be the, the big ones. In, and, and pray, yeah. intercede on behalf of just the rest of the service, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 like yeah. I think yeah. that's often the way that yep. this, the prayers end is God grant grace for people yeah. to hear and for, for me, whoever to lot. speak. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, oh, That's great. That's great. Anything else you guys would say about intercession? Is the way we do it the best way to do it? Of course. That's what I thought. Yeah. Do you have I any mean, thoughts about, and also how is the, how, how is that mix that you're eating, Dave, oh, that's crunching loudly? It's so good. Is it? You can probably, it's really good. yeah. That's my, right. that's my mother's mix. Shout out to you, Carla. Hashtag mother's mix. Mother's mix. The mix is wow, wow, wow. I appreciate the way we do it. And I think that in my, one thing I would say is that in my Five years here now. Uh, it has. Have you been here for five years? Rounding up. Almost, yeah. Yeah, rounding up. Oh, rounding up. Yep. I, I think that I have grown to enjoy our pastoral intercessory prayers more and more. The more I think it's grown in proportion to our elders really digging in to try to love and know our people. It just feels real. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like. Um, I don't know. I don't know a better way to say it. It just feels like we're doing life together in that moment, and the notes are struck in the right way, and hearts are represented in helpful ways. It, it just is all very helpful. I think because our ship, our our leaders are are trying to know our people, and I I'm always just helped and moved by the guys praying in the way that they have thought about it and prayed about it, and are helping us all move towards Jesus in that moment together. So. I just, I just love it. It's one of my favorite parts of the service. So like Charles Spurgeon, last question I'll ask. Charles Spurgeon has said uh, that you best not write out your prayers because you're not being led by the Spirit when you write out your prayers. You know, Charles, who memorized all of his messages like all preachers should and walked up to the pulpit with no notes. Um, is, that a, is that fair? Like, is when people walk up with prepared notes or prepared prayers, is that quenching the spirit? Dare we disagree with Charles Spurgeon? Yes. <laughs> I just I, I, I just think that's a limited view of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I think that um spirit can be moving in your preparation just as much as in the moment. Yeah, and I know I know several of our elders that labor in prayer over their prayers because they so deeply want to walk in step with the spirit when they're praying it up there. Yeah. And so uh, I don't think one's right or wrong. I don't think it's wrong if someone goes up there and says, I'm just going to pray because I know these people and I have some things in my heart. I don't think that's wrong, I, but I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's being done in the flesh if they write it out yeah. carefully. Yep. Certainly not. Certainly not. I'd agree. Great. 
Well, next we're going to go through word and response, I think in communion, uh, which is a standard part of our liturgy over the last several years. You know, we do communion every week. I'm going to talk more about that and then finally turn to uh, kind of the benedictory moment as we go out. So a couple more episodes on this topic. Guys, thanks for joining me today. <laughs>